Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast and a brand new movie review. Guys, the month of March is jam-packed with so much stuff. And Eric, uh, you know, this movie review just kind of kicked off a whole bunch of things that we're going to be watching and delivering to our audience this month. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to be watching uh, WandaVision as well. And we're also going to be watching Justice League, which we're going to be putting that review on our Uh... YouTube page. All four hours of it, but Ryan the Last Dragon honestly was the thing I started getting most excited about as we got closer to March, and for good reason. Yeah, I feel like I have been, I've definitely been excited about this movie for a long time, but I feel like it kind of like snuck up on us a lot quicker than I thought it did too, because I remember hearing about it, it was announced, I got excited because of, you know, the film and the characters, and then all of a sudden we're here we are watching it now, of course. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think this was one of the films that was supposed to come out last year, right? That I don't know. I don't remember that. Uh, It definitely could have happened, though. I I honestly remember on What Did I Miss where we kept track of all the movies that were getting delayed. And then one day we were just like, that's going to go and didn't make the cut. And then we just stopped talking about it all together because it was depressing. Yeah, just movie after movie being pushed back. Well, finally, we are getting to review some of these films and TV shows. And we have so much, as we mentioned on our What Did I Miss episode at the end of February to do this month. And yeah, we're going to kick it off here with Raya. So if you do enjoy this episode, you guys stick around to the very, very end and we will tell you where you can find all of our content. But with that being said, Eric, for those of them that have never heard any of our movie reviews, let them know how this is going to break down. Yeah, so we pretty much keep everything pretty simple. Honestly, we get into likes, we get into dislikes, our final thoughts, and then we give a score. And this is going to stay completely spoiler free. If you guys want to hear our spoiler thoughts on it, we can absolutely do something extra for those of you that want to hear that. But I think for the most part, a lot of people are either unsure or, as you mentioned, Phil, kind of missed Ryan the Last Dragon this month. So we want to make sure to give you guys those spoiler free thoughts. And that's what we're going to do, starting with likes. Yeah, it's one of those films that are that is available on both Disney Plus and it's available in theaters. Eric, you watched it at home. I went to IMAX with my daughter. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Before we get into likes, here is a little synopsis of the film. Long ago in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons live together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Droon threaten the land, the dragons sacrifice themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Droon for good. So, Eric, uh, as far as likes go, I'll go first here. Now, as I mentioned, uh, I did go see it in IMAX, so, you know, of course, you are looking uh, specifically at the visuals. And, man, you know, it's really just something that we consistently, of course, are talking about when it comes to Disney, because the animation is just absolutely spot on. There were moments, especially in water, and I'm sure you noticed this too. There were moments where the with the that were involved with the CGI or the you know the animated water. I was like, this is a live action shot. <laughs> there's no way. There's no, there's no way that <laughs> there's there's no way that that's not a real shot of water. That's gotta incredible. be real water. <laughs> that's a deep cut. We're probably maybe we'll add that to the to the soundboard one day. 
Yeah, we got to work on that. Uh, but, you know, I honestly, I agree with the visuals. I thought the music was also really, really good. Um, this type of this type of movie, you kind of anticipate that to be the case. And it, and it definitely delivered. Um, you know, this isn't a movie that is going to have the characters break out in a song. So the fact that the music is still really strong, just kind of in the background and in different moments, especially when there are characters that are fighting, um, again, really stood out to me as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the fighting because that's another uh, a big positive for me is the the fighting choreography. And, and usually when you talk about fight choreography, you're talking about a live action film. But there are definitely some really cool action sequences between Raya and one of the other characters specifically in this film. And it was really interesting because, you know, we're, of course, we're not talking about live action people, but even you can tell with, as far as the voice actors went, there was a lot of chemistry here. And I think that definitely shone through in the characters. Yeah, and I mean, for the most part, I think a lot of these characters were really strong. So you had like Sizu, um, which is the the last dragon. You had, uh, I believe it's Namari, which is pretty much Raya's nemesis yep. throughout the film. Rival, yeah. And then you, of course, I mean, there's so many characters that you could kind of go down the line. I loved uh, Bon and also Tong was, was funny. You know, there were a lot of characters. There was there was the child, the con baby that they just called a con baby for like three quarters of the film. And it was hilarious. Yeah. And they're like the names right here. So, yeah, it was a it was a really entertaining bunch. Uh, the little group that they had there. I, I enjoyed the dynamic there. There definitely wasn't, you know, it wasn't a perfect connection. I think we'll talk about that in dislikes briefly, but there was so much to like about this movie. Yeah, the you know, as far as the, the all of the characters, you know, like I said, you know, the, definitely a lot of chemistry. They did certainly come together very, very fast. But I mean, of course, when you're talking about a, a film with it had what a, you know, likely a, about a two hour runtime, you know, of course, things are going to be definitely sped up a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I mentioned the fight choreography, uh, the animation, everything like that. Uh, I do think that the voice acting was done very well. So, Eric, I'll ask you this. You know, of course, Raya is voiced by Kelly Marie Tran, who is infamous, of course, in the Star Wars fandom. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think we really talked too much about, you know, her character specifically as the as the series went on. But I, I thought she did a pretty stand up job and a pretty great job with with Raya as far as the voice acting. Listen, I'm totally down for all of these actors and actresses to get like a second chance to do a different project. If the first one fails, I, I didn't want her career to be over. It was nothing. It was never. I'm not one of those Star Wars yeah. fans. It was never like that. I did absolutely hate her character, as many people did. And it was reflected in the third Star Wars film where they basically set her on a fetch quest. <laughs> they, they cut her out of the film basically completely. But, you know, they did similar things to John Boyega as well. And he's a big star. So, you know, again, it was that that was an isolated incident for me. I thought she did fantastic. And this is a really great cast. I'm mean, in a diverse cast as that. So I was really pleasantly surprised to pull up IMDb and not find any surprises other than Tuck Tuck, who, uh, surprisingly is i don't know if you know this it's actually played uh he's voiced by alan um i don't alan know how tudyk. to pronounce yeah tudyk yeah <laughs> i did not know that uh but yeah outside of him everybody else is like extremely diverse exactly what you would expect of someone who voiced that character uh and again i really enjoyed that yeah of course we got daniel day kim sandra oh benedict wong who who is uh, who is tong who you were just talking about eric so yeah a, a really stellar voice cast aquafina of course and uh, yeah so de definitely a lot of things as far as on the like side now of course i will i will before we transition over into opportunities you know of course i am going to mention the cultural significance of the film which is something that we talked about very heavily i think eric in soul 
which kind of had the lack thereof, you know? So uh, with with me, of course, uh, as, as you guys know, you know, with me being, or if you don't know, of course, me being Filipino, I had been excited about this film for a very, very long time. So when you get movies like this now, you know, in the recent years, we've had Coco and Moana, and those films stand atop of, you know, some of the best Disney films of all time. I think Eric and I both feel that way. So to get a movie like this and, you know, ha- it have that sort of cultural representation was was really huge. And I'm glad that they they appear to be have nailed it. At least I haven't seen anything that has come out where, you know, people have uh, disparaged anything that has come out in this film. Seems like they did a really good job on that. end, so I'm really happy with that. Yeah. And I think that was reflected in the worlds that they built too, like the locations in the world is what I meant to say. And the locations in this world were just really, really great. Um, and when we get to dislikes, I'm actually going to bring up the worlds again for a different reason in the location. But, you know, it, it's a, a film that just like re- really stood out off the screen. And there was so much great stuff you don't normally get to see in a lot of movies because of the diversity of the cast and where this is located in this fictional world. And again, it was really just stellar for me. I, I, I really enjoyed watching it, hearing it, and I, I'm excited to, to definitely get, get to see it again soon. Definitely. Well, we're going to transition over into dislikes or opportunities here in just a moment. But really quick, we want to give a quick shout out to this week's affiliate, Buzzsprout. You know, Eric, a lot of people have been asking us lately, is podcasting hard? Well, it's really not that hard when you have the right partners. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. We over here at the Wait For It podcast use Buzzsprout and we absolutely love it. They have a top-notch support team and an awesome Facebook group that's great for networking. As a matter of fact, a lot of the guests you hear on the Wait For It podcast came directly from that Facebook group. And whether you're looking to get into podcasting for the first time or you're an experienced veteran, Buzzsprout is great because they get your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening and tools to promote your episodes. You can basically start with any gear that you already have, along with a quiet space. If you ever want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. So after this episode's over, go ahead and join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. By following the link in the show notes, it lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And of course, it's one of the best ways you can help support our show. So let's move into opportunities here for Raya, Eric. And normally I let you go first with, you know, dislikes and opportunities. But I want to bring up something here first because I want to know if you feel the same way. Now, you never saw Crazy Rich Asians, right? You have not seen it yet. Is that correct? I have not, unfortunately. It is still something on my watch list, but you've spoken so highly of it. It is in my queue. Um, I just have never gotten around to it. Well, I mean, at least you and I are consistent on both both sides of this relationship when it comes to our cues just building up and building up. So here's what I'll say. The reason I bring that up is because Aquafina is huge in Crazy Rich Agents. He is absolutely hilarious. And she's everywhere right now, right? She You really can't look anywhere without seeing her in a commercial, in a movie, in a TV show. And I really like Aquafina. I'll preface that by before I say this. But... Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't like where you're going with this. But... I am worried that Aquafina is getting into the Kevin Hart stage of Hollywood where people just kind of let her riff and do whatever she wants and it's going to create a laugh. Like, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Like, the, the joke about the group project just seems so out of place. Like, are are schools and group projects a thing in this in in this universe, in this world? 
I don't know. There, there were just some jokes that just didn't land for me for Aquafina because they kind of took me out of the world that Raya is set in. And that just that's just one of one of the things I had with, with Aquafina. I'm just worried that from now on, they're just going to let Aquafina do Aquafina things. And it's going to be like, all right, that's good. Just put it in. I mean, I can respect that thought, but... I mean, you don't know what Dragon School is like. I mean, <laughs> Raya might not have group projects because, you know, everyone's stone. But that's not the that's not to say that, you know, Sizu. Okay, well. and, <laughs> that's not to say. I mean, there were no groups. They're all they're all <laughs> immovable. But the dragons, you don't know what their experience is like. They've been around a long time. That joke landed for me. So I'm also a simpleton. So that also doesn't help. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad you finally admitted it. But yeah, not not to say that. And again, it wasn't anything that I I didn't dislike Sisu. Sisu is one of the best characters in in the film. But yeah, there were just some of the jokes that were I, it just kind of took me out of the the whole world. But again, a minor a minor thing. But I wanted to bring it up to see if you felt. But I know you said something specifically regarding the world of Raya. So what is it that maybe kind of bothered you? Yeah, so what bothered me, and this is more of a nitpick, is that we didn't get to spend nearly as much time in those locations. Um, I'm usually the type of person that hates movies that just go from location to location to find this thing, but it happened fast. It's not even just the locations. The conflict between the, I guess you would call them tribes or the groups, at the beginning of the film, specifically with Raya and uh, Namari, it felt a little rushed. Like it was good throughout the film, but it felt like, okay, this is what happened. This is why these two characters don't get along. And then the the transition from that to what happened and the growth with those two characters I thought was good. But I thought we just like, we rushed a little bit too quickly to the next destination of the story. Now, I was never bored in this movie. That is a testament to how much I like this movie because I typically do not like these type of things. But it was stuck in the back of my head as an opposite feeling I'm not used to to say, well, hold on, before we just go grab this thing and move on, why don't we spend some time in here? This place looks cool. This place on the water looks cool. This place in the woods looks cool. Like, I was really down to spend some more time with some characters or just the, the location in general. And I felt like it rushed itself just a little bit. And to speak on that, because I definitely agree with you, because I picked it up too. I was like, man, this is going very, very quickly. Now, one, of course, it's an animated film and it's meant for kids, a younger audience, and it has to keep the attention span. Otherwise, parents are going to get mad, right? I think when I think remember when I, I can't remember what Disney movie it was, but a, I think it was Coco. Coco came out, but there was like a long uh, short. That uh, was the one for uh, what's this? Olaf. It's like Olaf's Adventure or something like that before Coco. And they had to cut it out because parents were getting mad. Like kids came to see Coco and they like didn't want to watch Olaf for some reason. So of course you have to keep kids entertained. But this film definitely would have benefited from another 25-30 minutes for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think for it to be two hours we we, we crammed a lot in there. <laughs> we We crammed a lot in there that we didn't get to really explore more and that's really what i think was disappointing uh but again it's really a nitpick because i enjoyed the hell out of the movie if you can't tell and i fully plan on seeing it more than once so that i mean again it's really just a minor complaint but i feel like that would have made it a much higher score than what i'm going to give it 
Yeah, just like you said, I definitely plan on adding it to my collection. You know me, Eric, I like to buy the steel books and never watch the Blu-ray or the DVD in it. I just like to have it. And, uh, you know, just a collector like that, I think a lot of us can relate. But uh, no, definitely could have benefited even from uh, even another 15, 20, maybe not even as much as 30 minutes, I think definitely would have helped a lot. Was there anything else that you came away with that maybe you didn't like so much? No, not really like didn't like. Um, I am starting to notice with a lot of these films, though, that some characters start to kind of look the same and act the same. So, uh, you know, Raya, the uh, the first thing that came on afterwards was Moana. And my son was like, hey, that looks like Raya. And I was like. Polynesian, Southeast Asian, you know. For one reason I can understand, but then, you know, kind of look. That's got to be racist. That's got to be racist. (laughs) So I I just, you know, canceling my son here on the air. But, uh (laughs) You know, I did notice it too. I did like, I did admit like, yeah, they actually do kind of look similar. Another character that stood out was uh, Tong. He just reminded me of the big guy in, um, the, he reminded me a combination of the big guy and then the guy with the, the um, I think the hook for a hand entangled. That's what he reminded me of. Oh yeah. Very, very similar. So uh, again, since you're asking, uh, it was just something that stood out. I was like, okay, some of these characters are kind of running through just a little bit but i mean they can continue to make whatever animals they want cute as hell like tuk tuk uh man that is one adorable creature yeah i would definitely i would definitely buy like a plushie of that i think well i don't have the uh the funko pop yet but i do have sisu and raya i went in on this movie you guys before it even came out i bought the pops i was like god please be good for the love of god i because i just went out and bought the pop figures before i even seen the movie In our line of work, you should know better than that, but I digress. I really should. should. Oh, man, that should be, that'd be a a good, actually a good episode maybe for the future. What is our most regretted pop figure? Because I think you know mine. It's sitting over on my my countertop over there, not too far from me. One of my favorite stories, yes. (laughs) Uh, But that'll be for another time, you guys. So let's get to our final thoughts here in just a moment. Uh, First, I'll let you guys know over on Rotten Tomatoes, It is sitting at a 95% certified fresh. Of course, it just came out, so there are no user reviews quite yet. Remember, Captain Marvel kind of changed all that for Rotten Tomatoes, so now no one's allowed to go review the movie uh, right away. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty damn good. 95% certified fresh over there, and uh, I think uh, maybe our our reviews will will probably uh, echo something similar to that. But uh, for our final thoughts, Eric, would you like to go first? Sure, why not? Let's change it up from our usual model. So I'm going to throw my thoughts out, guys. And pretty much, you've already heard it. Ryan the Last Dragon was just a blast to watch. Uh, We get a quote-unquote Disney princess, but she can handle herself. She doesn't need to be saved by a prince on a horse. Sure, she's not the only character in recent years to fit that description, but I can't really recall many lead female animated characters that could honestly hold their own throughout the entire movie. Rather than the typical trope of having the first two arcs dedicated to finding themselves, then ending the film with a display of power or strength, Raya is a strong character from the start, and she goes through some good character growth to address her weaknesses throughout the entire film. And while I do wish that the movie slowed down a bit to let Raya and us explore some more of the locations in this interesting world, that's really just a minor complaint for a movie that I can't wait to watch again. So... I'm easily giving Ryan the Last Dragon a 9 out of 10. 
All right, folks. Well, for me, Raya is another stellar entry in this new age of Disney stories featuring minority characters. I had been excited about this film since I first heard about it years ago and learned it would feature the first Southeast Asian main character. You know, for me, being Filipino, this film is going to carry a similar cultural significance to Crazy Rich Asians. I remember leaving that theater after seeing that movie, and I was essentially speechless after experiencing that type of representation on the big screen. And with Raya being able to experience it with my daughter in IMAX, it, it only made it that much more special. Now, aside from what this movie made me feel emotionally, it is yet another visual masterpiece. There are moments, as I mentioned, especially with the water that look live action. It looks like a real, the real thing. And speaking of action, there's so many cool set pieces with awesome fight choreography. Sometimes I forget I was watching animated an animated film because the character movement is so fluid. The score, as Eric mentioned, also deserves a special shout out as it really sets the tone from beginning to end. So for casual moviegoers, there's so much to offer. And for those of us that have been waiting for more representation in mainstream media, Raya is an absolute triumph. There are some moments where Aquafina is allowed to go off on random tangents a little bit too much for me, but the humor does hit more often than it misses. So I actually landed similarly to Eric, actually exactly where Eric did, and I gave Raya a 9 out of 10. When you said that you were going to, it prevented you from giving it a higher score, I thought you were going 8. So when you said 9, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother me enough to give it less than a 9. Honestly, I could probably argue for a 9, 9.5, but um, again, I really feel like if they had fixed and again to your point i think if they added just a little bit more runtime i think that and they kept the same movie i feel like that could, could have probably made it a 10 out of 10 for me i mean i enjoyed this movie so much it's not something that usually happens where i'm not overthinking a movie i just enjoyed it from the comfort of my home my own home which might have played a part but honestly i'm really jealous you got to see it in theaters and i'm hoping to get an opportunity i'd probably go to theaters to see it a second time um, you know, and see Raya in theaters rather than the home experience. So let's ask the the question that people really want to hear, Eric, before we wrap up. And we're going to, this is called a callback, people, all the way to the beginning days of the Wait For It podcast, the feels. How did it hit you in the feels compared to a Moana or a Coco? Because it got me. Also, can we talk about the stellar, amazing short that we got before the movie that played? Did it play on Disney Plus? I meant to ask you that. It, I did not get a short, so I'd love oh, to hear what no. that what that is. No, I, I paid I paid $30 and went straight into it. Oh, it's so good. Okay, we'll talk about it off there. But no, as far as the feels, again, throwback to the to the beginning times of the Way For a podcast. Did it did it hit you on the level of a Moana or a Coco or was it a little bit less than that? Just a little bit less. And I feel like, again, have we spent a little bit more time with these characters and in this world? You know, that definitely would have played a part. I mean, I understand, you know, they had their like Guardians of the Galaxy moment. <laughs> That's really more what it felt like to me. Um, so it was, <laughs> oh my if you, you got to think about it, that's exactly, literally, I was like the purple, everything. It's Guardians of the Galaxy all I'm over so again. so mad. Uh, but again, that's how it fit, hit me. I really enjoyed it. I felt really good emotions throughout. I just think they could have really made it hit harder with a little bit more time. Probably in the beginning of the movie is where it needed it the most for me. But at least spread throughout, we could have done a little bit more. So I definitely wasn't close to tears, but, uh, you know, it definitely the feels were still there. I just I think they could have been stronger and that would have made it a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. So because Coco and Moana are, are 10s for, for me, and I think Eric feels the same way. It did. It definitely did get me, but definitely not on the level of a Moana or a Coco. But it did get me. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I was I was very emotional. 
in that theater. But uh, that is how we will end this episode, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We have, again, so much more planned on Wednesday. We have an episode coming out where we will fully discuss Disney Plus's WandaVision series. That is going to be really, really exciting. And it features, Eric, a team-up of epic proportions. We will be teaming up with the Short Box podcast right here based out of Jacksonville, Florida, just like us. So if you enjoyed this episode, you're going to enjoy all of our past and future content. And you can find that anywhere you're listening to your favorite shows, which, of course, is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, Buzzsprout, and literally everywhere else you can find podcasts. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. That is one of the best ways you can support the show. You can also find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. And as Eric mentioned in the very beginning, we are on YouTube now and we have a full review of the Snyder Cut coming up very, very soon. And with all that out of the way, this is the end of our episode. My name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. And don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And all you have to do is wait for it. So, I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.